Good morning. Good to see all of you here and good to see those of you who are joining us uh, online, whether you're doing it right now or sometime during the week. Well, what a week it has been, kind of whiplash, right, from from 70 just the other day to 26 this morning early or whatever that was. But it's good to be here, and uh, we are we are just rejoicing. Crisp, beautiful, just think of it as it's fresh, right? Kind of wakes you up. It's a good thing. In less than, than three weeks, the Winter Olympics would be here. And they're all going to love the snow, right? So, so they're hoping to get some of that. But, uh, but I want to speak to you a little bit about that. We want to, we're in the middle of a series, uh, of sermons on faith. And, and today I want to talk to you a little bit about a faith that won't give up. And so from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we will deal with some of that. And, uh, and I mentioned the, the Olympics coming up just uh, in less than three weeks. And you know how your kids will sometimes tell you, you know, everybody's doing this. And when you check, it's actually two people, right? But when it comes to the Olympics, you probably can say that. Everybody's watching this. I just looked it up. 3.2 billion people watch the, uh, the Summer Olympics and about 2.5 billion people watch the Winter Olympics. That's pretty much every television stay, you know, in the globe, yeah? Pretty much, right? Half the population of the globe and, and probably all of those who are uh, old enough to watch it and have a TV or, or something like that. This is indeed something. And we, we're asking ourselves, you know, with these people who are there that we are watching who have spent thousands upon thousands of hours in preparation for this event, right? That exercised and trained and made themselves ready uh, for one of the greatest events, if we may say that truly, um, on the globe. When, when you think about it, I don't know of anything else where 3.2 billion people are uh, tuning in to watch. I, I just don't know anything like that across just about every kind of spectrum you can measure on, whether it's geography or religion or, or conviction or political realities or political convictions, whatever that may be, all of that aside. And they're looking at this. And you have to answer or ask the question, what is it that makes this so captivating? Is it that we just like competition that much well that may be some of that you know it's always kind of a deep part i think of human nature to to desire to kind of see how we measure up either uh, to ourselves earlier on or to other people or whatever so there, there may be part of that but there's something much deeper than that i think there's something about when we watch this we are seeing what is actually possible when someone gives everything they have for a long time in pursuit of one purpose, one goal, one focus, one desire, and that is to one day be able to stand at that podium and be counted as one of the best. What is it? That is possible when we have one focus that takes up 
everything. I think this is where Paul is joining. If you have your Bibles and you turn to chapter 9 of the first letter he wrote to the Corinthian church, that is where he's joining in. And he uses this as an illustration that, that when these people are preparing for these games, there are certain habits that they have to develop and other habits they need to get rid of. Just think of it this way. Maybe, you know, to even get to that point, they have to first qualify. And nobody gets qualified for the games by walking around with their hands in the pocket. There's all kinds of things that go before that. And uncountable hours of, of preparation where, where you have to get up and train when other people kind of turn around and take another 30 minutes on the other side, if you know what I mean. There, there, are, there are situations where, where you have to kind of do your, your exercises and, and all the things when, when other people are hanging out and having a good time. There, there are times when, when you have to say, no, I, I have to eat this. When you see others kind of just sit around the most wonderful, delicious tables uh, that you have ever seen. There's a lot of prep that goes before that. And why is that? It is to reach to that point we mentioned before. To stand on that podium and receive that victory. And this, really, friends, is where Paul joins in right here in his talk about participating in the run, if you will, of faith. It is as if he's saying, and I want us to read that, and I'm going to comment on that so we don't misunderstand this, this, this text. It is as if Paul is saying, if there's someone that are willing to pay that kind of price, just to get a wreath that is made of leaf, you know, be it laurels or celery actually is what it was many times, how much more should we not Engage ourselves in the run of faith, we who are anticipating a wreath that will last for all eternities. Listen to what Paul says here, beginning in verse 24 of that ninth chapter. Don't you know that the runners in the stadium all race, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way as to win the prize. Now, everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. So I do not run like one who runs aimlessly or box like one who is beating in the air. Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Now, now, don't misunderstand these texts. They can easily be misunderstood, right? And like verse 25, run in such a way as to win. Paul is not trying to talk about competition here. This is an illustration. What he is really doing is he is saying, stay focused. Know you're on God's 
team. And God's team has a purpose. Uh, We can miss that in English. I really should have read (laughs) y'all instead of you. Because all the pronouns here are plural. He is talking about God's team, the church. There's a purpose for the church. There's something that should be done. We are not here just because we, we enjoy being with people that are somewhat like-minded like us, that we have a similar kind of interest like, like in com- uh, comparison to some other club someplace where they all meet because they have similar interests or they're at the same kind of social level of that. None of that. We're not coming here just to hang out with other people of the same mind. No, it's not about that. It's never about that. That's the loss of focus. What Paul is saying here is that here's God's team. And they all pray the same prayer directed in the same direction toward the same Lord for the same purpose and the same goal. And they all want to hear that same word. Well done, my faithful servant. You see that even when he speaks in in uh, to the Philip, uh, the church in Philippi, when he says, "Now, don't forget that you need to be having the same love, the same unity in spirit." That's where he's focusing. So, so it's important, I think, that we 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 are seeing that we are playing at the feet of the Redeemer, our Lord. Jesus Christ. The team has a purpose, and you are on that team. That's the illustration that he's picking up, and it makes all the same sense in the world. We, we are not just meeting. We are here because God called us. When God called you and, and gave you a personal call, and you responded and said, I will follow. I will join his team. The church. Then you say that's the way it works in the church. We are focusing. We are running in such a way that we'll accomplish purpose, that we will finish at the goal line, and so on. So let, let us let us take a look at this here, right? Uh, when when Paul seems to be saying here that that you have met grace, that you have who have have experienced that personal call, and said, "Come, be part of my team," and you responded, "What is this all about?" Now, as you're going to tune in, because I know many of you will, right? In just less than three weeks, although yeah, I know winter sport is not the biggest thing in in Texas, right? where we rejoice in flurries or whatever that is, right? Yes? Um, But it is so many places and we see some of that. Think about this. Is it possible for me to be inspired? A faith that will not give up. That keep pushing and said, I, I'm I'm in this situation where, where, where God has called me and I'm facing all these enticements to kind of give up and yet I will not you know I, defeat is, is a regular thing and I, I don't want anyone to feel like this is competition I'm going to comment that on a couple of times because that text can be so misunderstood so easily 
But you know when the team had lost a couple of times? You talk to a good coach, they'll say, well, I know, but we can't let that influence what we're doing now. We got to look forward, right? Some of you are old enough. I've only learned it since I came here. But there's an old gospel song that says, I come way too far to look back. All these things that are behind me, we will look forward. That is here at the threshold of 2022, what God is calling us to do. And so here we are. How much more, Paul says, is it not true on the spiritual plane as it is than it is on the physical plane that if we give ourselves to the Lord and say, this is what the calling is about, not all these other things, but this is the focus that he can accomplish through us. Just imagine if that can be what we're looking for. Now, Think of it this way, and I'm going to stay in the illustration, right, so don't misunderstand. But Paul did the same thing. So the motivation for us should be greater than, than any motivation for any other person anywhere. Just think of it for a moment. We have the best role model, the best illustration in our own Lord Jesus Christ, yes, for what it means to overcome difficulties and to see what it's all about we we have a greater coach than anyone through the Holy Spirit who is kind of guiding us through all of this, more inspiring, more motivating than any coach could ever be. And we can go on and on and even talk about the wreath or the crown of victory, right? That that carrot that is stronger than any other carrot that anyone may. Everything is here. There should be nothing. That stood in the way of us being the most motivated, excited, focused team ever. Hello? Yes? Two of you think so. Me too. All right. Amen. It is a, just a riveting text, right? When, when you look at this text and see it in context of the whole letter, when he ends his letter, Paul, in chapter 16, he's telling them that he's in Ephesus. He's going to stay there because what? God has opened a mega door for an effective ministry. That's kind of the background of the last catch-all, if you will, for here. That's why I'm saying this. God has opened a mega door A wide and great door, as some translations have it, for effective ministry. You know, the Bible doesn't hesitate at all by comparing spiritual exercise uh, with with physical exercise. And we know that. I mentioned it even before, right? When, When Paul is saying it's pretty straight up when he says, train yourself in godliness. For the training of the body has limited benefits, but God, godliness has benefits, uh, is beneficial in every way. Just look at it for just a second. God's team, a faith that will not give up. I got a comment again on this, this uh, 
thing about winning because so many people automatically go to this point of competition and, and it, it is so hard and, and we kind of get exhausted and, and the gospel is not about competition. And yes, that's true. That's not what it's about. And that is not what this text is about even at all. Far be from it. But what he is, ha- what is happening here is that, that Paul is talking to a church that had just become spiritually lax, indifferent. They had concluded that nothing matters anyway. You know, life is coming our way. Culture is coming our way. And it all doesn't matter much. We, we just, you know, we'll get the crown anyway. And it's, it is as if he's kind of reminding them uh, of what he's saying to, to the church in, in Galatia. When he say, you are running so well. Who prevented you from being persuaded regarding the truth. In other words, they say, you know, I will take some of this Christian stuff, but it shouldn't alter anything about our lives. And Paul says, oh no, don't, don't confuse these things. I'm using this as an illustration, Paul is saying, as one theologian is saying, you know, what had happened in Corinth, they've been more interested, they've become more interested in the beauty of the training facilities than in their effectiveness. As training facilities. This is an illustration. Paul was ready with an illustration. They, they kept uh, these Isthmian games in Corinth. And I'm sure many of you have studied that and, and know that. Right, The biggest games in the ancient world were the Olympic Games every fourth year. But the Isthmian game was second only a little bit to that. Uh, and they happen in Corinth and they happen every other year. And Corinth had become rich from much of that, right? There was a huge kind of industry growing up um, uh, around this. Sports tourism, lots of commerce, all these people coming in. And some of the comments he's, he's giving in other context may have reference specifically to that. And so Paul is using this opportunity when he's speaking to this people who knows what he's talking about in this very uh, incredible city where the whole world uh, came to meet, so to speak. And he is saying, don't confuse things. The Christian life, in the Christian life, reward and victory is not an add-on. It's part of it. You run on God's team, and you will see it done that way. And so look, listen to this when you notice what's going on here. He says to them, it's not automatic that you win. This is because you've had words on your lips that said something about Jesus being Lord. It doesn't make the Christian life automatic. It requires that you engage God's purposes. That you're involved with God. That you seek his direction. That you are looking for him. For guidance. And, and notice the power that is here. Right? Uh, that, that it should not confuse anyone when, when Paul is doing this. To this church. If you read the whole letter. If you have not had a chance to do that. Please sit down and do so. It will not take you long. Just a few pages. It fits right there. Just think about it. He looked to these churches, and he's encouraging them. One of the last lines that you have 
from his hands, probably penned uh, a couple of weeks before he was decapitated. He writes uh, to Timothy, and he says, I fought the good fight, I run the race, I kept the faith, and there awaits me the crown of righteousness. And then just the next, very next verse, you can almost hear the tears are kind of dripping from his cheek. When he says, hurry up and come, Timothy, Demas, my dear friend, Demas, has left me for the love of this world. He, he's, he's simply saying, can you be inspired? By the commitment of others to something that is just themselves. And then see, God has given me a spot on his team. And again, he's, he's kind of referring, if you go back just a couple of verses from the text we read in chapter 9. Beginning in verse 19, he says, although I'm free from all and not anyone's slave, I made myself a slave to everyone in order to win more people to the Jews. I became like a Jew to win the Jews to those under the law, uh, like one under the law, uh, though I myself am not under the law to win those under the law. To those who are without law, I'm like one without law, though I'm not without God's law, but under the law. Of Christ to win those uh, without the law. To the weak, I became weak in order to win the weak. I become all things to all people so that I may by every possible means save some. Now, I do all this because of the gospel so that I may share in the blessing. Don't you know when then comes the text which is read? And some people can misunderstand that text again to say, you know, so I can just be a turncoat, right? I feel I'll be this one day or this one day I can do whatever kind I want. That is not what he's saying. What he's saying is if you're focused, this is my focus. This is my commitment. Then it does not matter with all these other little things that people get into fights over, whatever it might be, because those things don't matter. This matters. And therefore, all these other things, I'm free to, to speak with that on this side, uh, on this issue, and this side over here, and this side over here, and, and talk to people about these things, and, and avoid this. I don't have to claim my privilege over here. I don't have to claim my rights over here. I don't have, because this is what matters. That's what Paul is saying here. I can give up my rights to be free if, if that helps someone. The gospel remains the same, unchangeable. This is my focus. But because that is so strong, how can we get bent out of shape by, by having to do other things, giving up rights and holding also deep friendships with people that are different? In order that, they too may come to see this gospel purpose. It's pretty strong when you look at this, right? And it, it, it's kind of what he's summarizing in the last verse here when he's talking about him staying in the illustration again, that he's beating or disciplining his body. The, the point is not the physical part. The point is he is disciplining his whole personality. He simply stays in 
the image for this. He is saying that, that, you know, their spiritual training, as he said in his letter to Timothy, that is significant, right? And I need to discipline myself that I may be of the greatest use in God's kingdom. With the gift he's given me, the calling he's given me, with everything he's put before me. That's what I said yes to when I accepted his call that day on the road to Damascus. Because what would the opposite be? Well, the opposite, he says, is like just running aimlessly. We can imagine that. Get up to a, you know, 100-meter dash and then run the other way and see what happens, right? Or, or get involved in a, in a boxing fight and, and then fight any place other than where the opponent is. It's pretty clear what he's saying and don't miss this Paul is not about him being better than the rest that's not what this is about it's simply about him hearing the call of God he, he said I need to be one who has a faith that will not give up that's it in, in, regardless of the difficulties that are there you know we we um, we live in a town, we live in a time when there's culture wars everywhere, yes? We, we just know that. Things have changed so much, you know, even in the approach, the church were trying to see if they could just become, you know, the ones that made all the rules for all society, you know, up through 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s and all that. And that failed and, and, and it didn't happen, right? And so we live in a time when there's one culture against another culture against another culture. And so we, we see all this uh, going on and, and then Paul is coming here to say, no, there's a culture that belongs to those who belong to Christ. A culture of the church. You know, a culture is, is those kind of value norms, the, the kind of way uh, we are together uh, in a certain group of people. And this is true also of the church. And so in that way, the church is an alternative community. And I, I need us to see this, friends. I think the Bible is, is, is telling us to not miss this. The culture of those who are gathering around Christ is a different culture in so many ways. And it expresses itself in so many ways. It's a culture that is different from other cultures in the power that is theirs and the, and the origin of that power, if you will. It, it's a culture that is different uh, in, in, the, in the kind of the spirit that reigns. And that kind of takes over uh, when, it, when it comes to that. In the Christian uh, church culture, if you will, you have a culture that's different in its goals, in its purpose. It's different in its way of forgiving people. Forgiveness looks different. Grace looks different. Love looks different. Jesus summarizes all of that by saying, now that is how you will know that these are my folks. Just in a terse statement. How, this is how you know it. Of all the things going on, this is how you know it. What is that? That they love one another. Those are my folks. That's how they're recognized. That's that culture that is centered 
around me is what Jesus is saying. Different in his worship, different in his love, in his grace, in his forgiveness, in his power, in his spirit. That's where we are, friends. A faith that will not give up. That's the challenge. I read words like these. I see some of these people, and I've known some personally that have been Olympians, and many of you probably have too. And you see their dedication. You see their one focused kind of lifestyle. This is what we're about. Other things are important too, but this is what brings the center into place. Can we be inspired by that? Can we, can it be, think of this, y'all, this is the text, friends. He's speaking to the church. Can this be that this year, regardless of what has gone on before, but this year, God is finding a new commitment, a new focus on the goal. When we get to our Bible study groups, when we get to our Sunday school classes, when we get to homes and we are on the phone with someone, that this is it. I was glad several times this week. I had a joy. You know, I always think there's Sundays are too far between Sundays. There just is, right? It's just good to be with God's people. And I was glad to be able to say to some, you know, this is a great place. The potential that God has in Louisville through First Baptist Church is just incredible. That's it. A faith that will not give up. Father, I ask, would you speak to all of us and to each of us, even now, this very moment, Father, may we not just become numb, yet another service, yet another sermon. Speak to us. Let these words from 1 Corinthians haunt us. Even when we go from here, come home, we pray. Sunday school class, Bible study group, choir, all the many things we attend and are part of. May it be, Father, that we'll be able to say, just like Paul, with joy I run the race kept the faith faith that will not give up we're waiting for your spirit to speak Lord do so now Amen. Let's stand. And of course, you're welcome. Grab someone's hand, come down, or come alone. Neil, we'll be some here. We'll be glad to pray with you if that's it. If you want to pray later on, use that time. If you want to join the church, want to know more about this church, this is the time.